You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to another episode of the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, now thanks be unto God who always causes us, you and I, to triumph in Christ Jesus. We win. Now tag a friend and let them know that we're alive. And you can also get the audio on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast from. Now listen at this. For the last several weeks, we've been talking from the subject Real Talk with Pastor Mike and Miss Pete. This series has to do with our marriage journey, 42 and a half years of marriage. And we wanted to share our journey with you. Now, I have my guest with me. To my right is my wife, Kanitha, affectionately known as Miss Pete. She's with us today. Welcome, Pete. Hey, everybody. And to my left, I have my <coughs> daughter. She's with us. And she's Tiffany. And she's going to be our facilitator. Uh, will you welcome her? Hey, Tiffany. Hello, everybody. Now, listen, we're talking about our marriage journey, 42 and a half years, and there are four phases to it. I wanted to share a little analogy to give you some idea of what we're talking about. Every relationship begins with a seed. So we talked about the beginning of our relationship, how we got connected in college. And then the second phase of the relationship is early marriage. You plant the seed in the ground and the seed is hidden. In other words, it's in a dark place. And in the early uh, years of our marriage, we were in a dark place. We lacked knowledge about the word and we lacked knowledge about each other. So we were in a dark place. But the third phase, we got some light. We start getting some light about each other, getting some light about the word, and we start growing. We talked about the growing phase of our marriage. Well, today, and I'm glad we got there because we had a journey. I'm glad we got there. We're going to talk about the mature stage. This is a pineapple and it is fully grown. So we're going to talk about the mature stage of our marriage. And listen at this. The mature stage of marriage is not a perfect marriage, but the mature stage is when it's mutually fulfilling. We're in a stage where our marriage is mutually fulfilling, but not just fulfilling for us. Our marriage is now an inspiration to others. And that's what marriage should grow into. It should grow into a, a relationship that's mutually fulfilling and a relationship that inspires other couples and other singles. And that's where we are. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So I'm going to turn it over now to our facilitator, uh, Tiffany Moore. All right, you guys, I hope that you have been enjoying these uh, past few weeks. We uh, last week as a recap, if you were not able to watch it, make sure you go back and catch the growth phase. We talked about four different areas. And so today we're going to be doing the same thing. We're going to hit a few areas that they both made that were some key adjustments to their understanding, also to their thoughts and then their actions. So the six different areas that we're going to hit today are priorities, partnership, God's word, role models, 
communication, mutual respect, and love. It's going to be a really good one today. If you have not already, please be sure Share this video, invite somebody on. Also, if we have enough time, we're going to answer some questions regarding the topics that we're going to be talking today in the growth, in the mature phase. So if you have any questions, feel free to bring those in. If we have enough time, we may be able to hit some of those today. All right. So Pastor Mike and Miss Pete, let's talk about priorities. Okay. So that's our first topic that we're discussing. How did your priorities change in the maturity years and what did they look like for both of you? Well, our priorities in our younger years were out of whack. Um, uh, the priorities for a husband and wife should be God as number one. Right. Spouse, number two. Children, number three. And church, number four. And so in our early years, we had our priorities out of whack. And so we began to make some adjustments. Uh, uh, Pastor Mike had God and then maybe church first. I had God and maybe kids first. So we began to make some adjustments. So we started scheduling uh, a date day and our date day was Monday. So no one or no situation could really interrupt our date day. Um, so Pastor Mike said, even if you die, you know, they're going to try to rearrange your funeral to maybe have it that Tuesday or Saturday. So we uh, prioritize our time together on Mondays. Uh, one of the things that he did that started making me a priority was to stop bringing his work home <laughs> because Pastor Mike used to bring his work home. Uh, I didn't really bring my work home. Uh, I was happy to leave my work at, <laughs> at work, but Pastor Mike used to bring the church home. So he stopped bringing the church home. When he left the church at five o'clock or nine o'clock or whatever time he left, he left that at home. And when he came home, he prioritized me and the kids and he left the, that at home. Uh, another thing that, that really blessed me that um, Pastor Mike did, and it may be for stay-at-home moms. If you're a stay-at-home mom, you're with the kids all day. Your spouse may be working. You're with the kids all day, and so when he, when your spouse get home in the evening, you want to talk to some adults, and you've been talking to little children all day long, and sometimes they be working your nerves, and so you want to talk to somebody that's an adult. So he began to prioritize me that when I came home in the past, he wasn't, he wasn't a good listener. So he became a better listener and he realized that I had been with the kids all day and that when I came home in the evening, I needed somebody, uh, some adult talk. So he helped me in that area too. Um, and as our kids uh, left, Mike and, Mike and Tiffany, they left home, uh, we uh, prioritized uh our time together. So uh, maybe once a year, we take a family vacation together. Uh, one year we took the grandkids and the kids to Disney, uh, Disney cruise. We paid, paid for everything. And in a couple of months, we're getting ready to go on another vacation together. So we prioritize, even though our kids are not in the house, we prioritize family time. And family is a big thing to us. Uh, it always has been, um, but we had to make some adjustments because our kids are grown now. So you have to deal with grown kids a different way than you do with kids that's 
you know, up under the house. And we prioritize our grandkids. Uh, even during the pandemic, we were blessed uh, that I was able, to, I kept my grandkids on Thursdays and Fridays. So even uh, we didn't, like some grandparents, they haven't seen their um, grandkids in a year. So we uh, prioritized and we took pre special precautions. We didn't go around a lot of people. We didn't do a lot of things because we wanted to see our grandkids. So we wore those masks, social distance, and it was boring now, but we stayed in the house a lot. And so as a result, we prioritize each other. Right, and, right. and during the pandemic, whereas I hear some people in the pandemic, their marriage... Uh, is unfortunately uh, dissolving, but our marriage got better. So we began to prioritize each other. So those were just some of the adjustments that we made in the in the past. We didn't prioritize each other, and now we really, right, really right. prioritize each other. Now, Pastor, before you go into the question, because I'm going to let you answer that too, how did you, and maybe Miss Pete, you can answer this, how did you all recognize that the priorities wasn't correct? Like, how did you know that you needed to make an adjustment to your priorities? Oh, okay. Well, you, usually if the priorities are, are off and our, ours were off, I felt like Pete was more into the kids and I was more into work and church and that kind of thing. And usually when your priorities are off, the, the other person feel like they're being cheated. Mm -hmm. In other words, they feel like they're being robbed. And really, when you think about it, your spouse is constantly communicating, mm -hmm. you know, whether you know it or not, whether you know it or not. Now, we knew it uh, because I said one time, I remember saying, if if you have to choose and I told you that if you have to choose between me and the kids, I said, I know I'm never going to make it. <laughs> and you felt the same way as it related to the church and my work, because uh, like she said, I was not just working at church. I was bringing stuff home, mm -hmm. you know, and I was doing stuff at home. And so I had to I had to decide too. OK, how do I change this? Because I knew. And what we're talking about today is adjustments. Mm -hmm. I knew that Pete had what I later found out was a legitimate jealousy. And whenever your priorities are off, then your spouse is going to have a legitimate jealousy because they have a right to time, energy and money. And most of my energy and most of my time was consumed with church and consumed with work. And even in times when uh, we be at home eating, if somebody called, call, you jump up, I'm getting, I leave. So you were at home, but emotionally you were somewhere else. I was at home physically, mm -hmm. but emotionally yeah. I was at work. I was at the church. I was with the people. I was thinking about the people so that that Monday became kind of famous because I was trying to think, okay, what can I do to make sure she feel like I'm spending quality time with her? Yeah. And so Monday became guarded. I decided I wasn't going to counsel. I wasn't going to preach. I wasn't going to do any of that kind of stuff on Monday. And the beautiful thing about it is sometimes you have to start out with a day, but we start out with Monday. Mm -hmm. Now, 
We spend a lot of time. time. We we spend all week together. We're going to be together. And I think that's one of the things that characterize this stage in our marriage is we spend a lot of time together. And I think one of the mistakes that ministers, especially men or women in the ministry, is when you're younger, and hopefully you're not doing this as you're older in the ministry, is not prioritizing your family and your wife. The greatest witness that you can have to Christianity is a good family. It, uh, it's with the saying is that you win in the world, but you lose in uh, your family, and you don't want to do that because that's not a great example for Christ. So you have to prioritize your family, uh, and you can do both. You can win the world for Christ, right. and you can prioritize your family. You don't. It don't have to be an either or. And I think sometimes in ministry, especially young ministers, they're trying to save the whole world but they're losing their family. And in the end, that is not a great witness. Well, you know, I'm glad you brought up the, the thing about ministry. Here's for those who are in ministry. Here's my here's the mistake that I made. And I I confuse work in ministry with God first priority. Because your first priority should be your relationship with God, then your spouse, then your children, then church. And we said church because church colors everything else. We know you got families and we know you got other priorities, but it colors everything. The mistake that I made early is I confuse my work for the Lord with my relationship with God. So I thought I'm serving God. I'm serving God. What I didn't understand at that time, that work, church work, ministry work was not God's first priority for me. Mm -hmm. And my, God's first priority for me was Pete, my wife. Mm -hmm. It wasn't my church work. It wasn't my preaching. It wasn't that. But I confused it. And the interesting thing about our relationship is that once our priority got better and more in alignment, the church started growing. Yeah. God and, could bless it. And I think another mistake outside of the ministry, you know, you hear men saying, well, I'm out here trying to make you happy. I'm out here trying to get you all these things. But um, quality time and making that wife and those children a priority is a must. And a lot of people out here, they're trying to get the money. And nothing wrong right. with trying to get the money. But if you're just working 16 hours and, and then when you come home, you just sleep in the other eight and you're not spending quality time with your kids and your um, your wife, your wife and your wife first and then kids, then that's not going to be a great example. And so you have to prioritize God, spouse, children and then the church, which, like you say, it kind of covers everything. Well, you know, um, I think that priorities is a big problem with people. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes they put family over their spouse. Sometimes they put work over their spouse. They put church friends. over. They put friends over their spouse. And, and the truth of the matter is God can't bless disorder. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Bible said, let everything be, be done, done decently, decently and in order. Mm -hmm. And so 
I call it putting your marriage on autopilot. Yeah. And a lot, especially Christians, because Christians think, well, we married. You're not going to do anything. You're not going to go anywhere. We got each other. And they put it on autopilot and they stop investing in it. Time, money, energy and the relationship. Sometimes it's it's not divorce. It's just stale. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I want to reemphasize this because I think as you all are talking, y'all are talking about pastors and you said that sometimes you felt alone. So if we do have ministers or anybody and you don't feel comfortable writing your question that you may have for them, you can, I guess you can send in a message um, to Faith Chapel. But we'll try to figure out some way where you all can anonymously send in your questions in because I do think that sometimes you may want to ask a question, but you don't feel comfortable doing it on a platform or a setting like this. Um, The second question. Uh, or the second area that we kind of wanted to hit where you guys kind of got some understanding is partnership. And so how did that uh, look like in the, in the mature years for both of you all? Uh, well, partnership, we both were working. Um, one, I was working in the secular world, and then I came over to the church, but I was still working. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was actually work. People think you work at the church, you're not really doing the work, but it was actual hard work. And so we came to the conclusion of role clarity. We talked together. Uh, you know, I can't, I'm not superwoman. Uh, I can't do it all. And uh, so we came to the conclusion we was going to have... Um, Divide the chores. Mm-hmm. So if I cook, <laughs> he washed the dishes. He wash the dishes. I wash dishes. He washed the dishes. I wash dishes now. Yeah, he don't put them in a the dishwasher. He washed. I wash dishes. Dishes. You a good every, dishwasher? Every day we, every day Pete cooks. She <laughs> finished, and then I, I wash the. the I, I clean good. up the kitchen. I wash the dishes and clean up. We got a dishwasher, mm-hmm. but we don't use. We it don't use it. I'm the dishwasher. Does she remind you that you? need to wash the dishes after. Yes, she reminded me. <laughs> she reminded me. And so when we had role clarity. See, I'm not going to take out no... Tr- I take out the trash sometimes, mm-hmm. but mostly that's Pastor Mike's. When it comes to maintaining the cars, that's not my responsibility. Uh, that's his responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wanted a handyman, but I didn't get a handyman. She didn't get a handyman. I didn't get a handyman, but he got the money to bring in the handyman, glory <laughs> to God. So... <laughs> My dad was a handyman. My dad was a handyman. And sometimes we have unrealistic expectations of our spouse from our past. Mm-hmm. So I quickly saw mm-hmm. that Pastor Mike was not a handyman. So, but he got the money, praise the Lord, to get the handyman. So you have to, um, uh, we, we, we talk together, and like when it comes to the decoration of the house, that's my responsibility. I'm a better decorator than he is. So we had to get some role clarity, but we had to talk to each other. Um, and so we talked to each other to say, you do this, you do that. So we were in agreement. And it your was. partnership doesn't mean that you can't give your opinion. Like if you have something right. that you want to do to the house, you still are right. allowed to kind of give your right. opinion with it, right? right? Yeah. So that was in the home. And then when it came to the church earlier in the years, I was not a partner, partner. with him in the church. And, uh, and part of it had to do with my own... Um, issues. Mm -hmm. And then part of it had, he was trying to make me into somebody that I wasn't. And so now in the mature years, I'm walking in my purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, um, uh, I feel like my purpose is to work with kids. Um, 
So I do camps and stuff like that. And then I do activities for the church. Um, and I do some other leadership classes. leadership classes. So he allows me to walk in my purpose. I think one of the greatest mistakes that men or women can make is trying to make your spouse like your dad, like your mom, or trying to make your, uh, your like spouse you? yeah, like, like you. you somebody you are you let that person uh pray and find out what they should be doing because that's when you truly gonna be happy when you're walking in your purpose and so now i'm walking in my purpose so i'm able to help him in the ministry whereas in the past you know you trying to take me on a in an area that i'm not really i sung that ain't my gift I ushered. That ain't my gift. I done did some of everything. Allow that person to walk in their gift and let them truly be happy. And what? So now I'm a partner with him at home and I'm a partner with him at church. I like how you, you said that because it seems like you allowed her to try different things to figure out what exactly her purpose is. Because I think sometimes people may not really understand what it is, but I like the fact that he allowed you to try different things when it came to that. Um, you can go um, into the partnership, but I was thinking as you were talking, how did y'all in the mature years come into agreement or an understanding in your partnership with the finances as far as because mm-hmm. um, you're talking about tithing now. Mm-hmm. So how did you guys come into an agreement with the tithing, with the giving? Because you're a big giver. How did you all in mature years come into an agreement with um, that partnership of, of money? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, uh, in the mature years, you have light. And what I mean by light, you have information, you have knowledge, and you should grow wiser as you you go. And for me, partnership, uh, ha- becoming aware that we could do more as a team than we could do separate. separate. Mm-hmm. So as light came, you know, at first I was tithing and Pete wasn't into that tithe thing. But as light came, it wasn't like me telling her, you got to do this and you got to and put your money down here and and I'm going to take your money. We never did that. Mm-hmm. We, in fact, I don't think we argued a lot about money. Mm-hmm. I don't think we argued a lot about money. But as you get light and as you walk it out and just let the other person walk it out, then the tithe became her her concept of it. She embraced the concept of tithing. Mm-hmm. So now we're doing that together. But when it came to doing stuff together, I think we always wanted to do things together. And now at this time, we set goals when it comes to our finances. Like every year we're going to do this. Projects. We got projects, projects. okay? Mm-hmm. We, we want to do the basement or we want to uh, do the driveway pay the driveway and all the different things. And every year we decide what we want to do that year. And really, to be honest with you, as you mature and think about it, as we became more in the line, our, our increase came. And now we still got one pot. I mean, in terms of a joint account. And when it comes to that joint account, we pay bills out of that joint account. But at the same time, she's got a personal account. I got a personal account. Uh, I can do what I want to in my personal account. She can do what she wants in her personal account. But in that joint account, 
I'm never going to go to that account and pull money out of that account without that talking asshole. to her. Yeah. Yeah. And she's not going to ever go to that joint account. You know, even, even learning as you grow, I realize she don't want to have to ask me for money all the time. Can yeah, I? That's childlike. I, she's you not know, a child. Yeah. She, you know, she this thing she want to do, and she shouldn't have to come to me and say, you know, I want to go, I want to go out with my friends. What she should? Can you give, can, me, can some you give me some money? No, oh, no, 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 yeah. no, no. So I wanted her to have a personal thing that she could use whenever she wanted, and then I wanted to. You mm-hmm. know, and then when the cash app came out, that was good for us. Yeah. Because I give out of my account and stuff like that. And Pete give out of her account. And so and then if we're going to do something really, really big, then we talk about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So we talked about the finances, but were there any other areas that you felt like your partnership grew in the mature years or you developed more in the mature years? I think especially in ministry, it grew because as I matured. I learned that it was not my responsibility to decide what she was going to do or what she felt comfortable doing. Mm -hmm. And so now I think we're in that place where whatever you want to do. And I think that sometimes uh, marriages get off because the uh, one spouse is trying to be that person's Lord. No, nobody. You have one Lord, you know, and I think sometimes, uh, especially sometimes in ministry, Pastors be trying to tell their wife or tell their more as like the wife what she should be doing, but you're not her Lord. You know, mm-hmm. God is her Lord. Mm-hmm. So that person have to seek God for themselves and mm-hmm. find out because you're truly only going to be happy walking in your purpose. Yeah. So, Miss Pete, um, as, as far as partnership, I know in the beginning you talked about how God would give you a word and you were kind of like, where, where did this come from? What are you thinking? But what was it like in the mature years? How did you develop and grow into trusting that he heard from God and this is what what you all were supposed to be doing? Well, you know, he, he would say the Lord said this and the Lord said that. But first of all, when he went into ministry, like I said previously, I prayed about it because he used to do some weird stuff in the early days. Um, but it's like a history of, right, um, right, you know, right. he'll say it and it come to pass. Mm-hmm. And so when you begin to see that, so when he, you know, sometimes you can be a little far off still. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, ah, yeah, yeah, I'm going to be that Donna Thomas. I'll see it when I believe it. Sometimes he get out there, but over the years, seeing the consistency, the Lord said, and it manifests. Yeah. And so when he say, you know, God say, um, God told me to give so-and-so a large amount of money. Uh, he has a pattern of hearing from God. I can see it. Yeah. And so I trust him. Yeah. You know? and, and I was going to say that's the same thing. You know, as the domestic head of the home, you can't just be dreaming and saying stuff and nothing ever happens right. because it breaks down the trust. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? God wants us to do this and it never worked. And God said this and it never worked over a period of time. You break down the you have to have a track record. Mm-hmm. And I think the track record grew. And, and, you know, anytime you win. Yeah. It builds your confidence. Yeah. yeah. And we start winning because you, God will speak to me about, well, we need to give more. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. We need to give more. And we started, and I talked to Pete about us. Okay, let's take our tithe from 10 to 12%. Yeah. And we did that together, 10 to 12%. Well, we went from 10 to 12%. We went to 13%. We went to 15%. We went to 18%. We went to 20%. But we start seeing ourselves. We start seeing the blessings as a result of giving. Yeah. And, yeah. and so it, it becomes easy once you start seeing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It seems like your relationship grew in God's word. So in your mature years, what is your, um, what did it look like? How did God, God's word impact your lives in mature face. Okay. okay, in the in the beginning stages of our marriage, I had some blind spots that I talked about, low self-esteem. You know, uh, I had got to the point I was sick and tired of being sick and tired, you know. And so, you know, you got to do something different. You, you can't expect uh, a results from something if you're not doing different results if you're not doing something different. And so I got to a point where I had prayed and asked God, what should I do? And God told me to to break that um, feeling of low self-esteem off of you. You're going to have to meditate in the word. And so uh, he told me to fast. And I was like, fast some food for 40 mm-hmm. days? I can't do that. But he was like, no, fast from watching TV and get more into my word and seeing yourself through my eyes. And so for 40 days, I was sick and tired of feeling like I was feeling. And so for 40 days, I got in God's word and I meditated, I mean, day and night. I had kids when the evening, when they came from school, I did my motherly duties. When they went to bed, I got right back in the word because I was a stay-at-home mom. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of broke that off of me. And so if you if you're in a marriage or even thinking about getting married, if you're thinking about getting married, all of us have blind spots and I still do. And so if your relatives or friends have told you those blind spots before you get married, if you know you have problems with selfishness or or low self-esteem or rejection or whatever your uh, faults may be, you need to be working on that right now before you get married because it can cause problems in your marriage. And so um, in my mature years, I began to work on myself. I broke that low self-esteem. Now I might be over in the uh, on the other side, I need to come over in the little middle because uh, I got some esteem now. Uh, it's not low anymore. Sometimes it'll try to challenge me, but I know to get in God's word. And so uh, in that area... Do you have any, uh, while you're thinking about your next point, do you have any um, books or CDs that kind of helped you with the low self-esteem that you can think of? Now, what, who really helped me? Pastor Mike helped me, but who really helped me? Really helped me was Joyce Myers. And the book that really helped me the most was The Battlefield of the Mind. Mm-hmm. The Battlefield of the Mind is the best book for emotional issues. And like I said last week, T.D. Jake's ministry really blessed me. Uh, Joyce Myers has a book called Power Thoughts. Yeah. Uh, that was an excellent book. And she also has a book called The Healing Soul of a Woman. Mm-hmm. That was a great book for me. Uh, so the, especially that Battlefield of the Mind, seeing yourself through God's eyesight. And mm-hmm. Pastor Mike did a series on the grasshopper complex. That really blessed me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. 
Um, and then I had to renew my mind mm-hmm. and had some other areas that I needed adjustment in. And so mind renewal, the word of God, uh, meditating on his word, confessing his word, listening into, listening to his word on areas that I had problems with, that blessed me. So when I feel bad or I feel um, down, I know now time to get in God's mm-hmm. word in that area. Yeah. And so over the years, God's word has really made a big impact mm-hmm. on my love for him, mm-hmm. uh, my love for Christ, mm-hmm. my love for others. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just made a tremendous effort. I love how you said um, you took time to fast for 40 days because you were really struggling in that. And I think that's very important because sometimes we can sporadically do stuff, but you knew you needed a drastic change. So you dove right into it. And so when you have those moments that you need that like tune up, you go back into where you first started. So I thought that was good. What about you, Pastor? Well, you know, when you talk about the word, you know, I I reflect on on Pete. when her commitment to the word grew, it just really grew. And we talked about, she said that she could see some things I said come to pass Mm -hmm. and it built her confidence. Mm -hmm. Well, me seeing how committed she was built my confidence too in her. Because that 40 day, I was thinking, are you going to do that for real? (laughs) I mean, like she seriously, no television, and I realized, okay, you, you let her go because she's working on something. But for me, the word, when I think about it, I think about it in, in a couple of areas. When we talked about the seed of our marriage and we talked about the, the early marriage and the dark days and we talked about the growing days, if you, if you heard it, it had a lot of struggle in it. Mm-hmm. And it was real. We didn't make that up. It was struggle. But it's something about the word. For me, understanding that the word, God has something to say about marriage in the word. Yeah. You know what I mean? Early in our life, we didn't know anything about what the word said about marriage. We were operating off our feelings and our emotions. And But once we start learning, and I start learning, and I'm teaching other folks. See, now I'm teaching other folks. I'm mm-hmm. doing marriage series. And I would counsel people. I would counsel people. And I'm sitting there telling them what the word said. Mm-hmm. And I was no. thinking... I ain't doing nothing. Let myself. (laughs) (laughs) I got convicted counseling other people. What I learned, though, is that it's one thing to teach it. Mm -hmm. Because, see, I'm learning about marriage and the word says and I'm teaching the seminar on marriage. But it's a whole different thing to govern it, govern your marriage. Mm -hmm. That word had to go into our marriage. And and I had to embrace it as, okay, God is saying this to me, not just for them. He's saying it for us. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the word has to govern our marriage. It can't be just in the pulpit. It can't be just in our sermons. And that's where it was. For me. It was in my sermon. I could articulate it. I could talk about the laws, but I had to take that stuff home. Yeah. And then Pete talked about her insecurity. I had to get in the word for me. Mm-hmm. What is God saying to me? Because I said this last week, I think it was, God never talked to me a lot about Pete. Mm-hmm. 
he was always dealing with me about me. Mm-hmm. And so what was God saying to me? And I learned he was saying to me that you're religious, that you're proud, got pride. So I'm learning that from I'm learning that from the word. Mm-hmm. A lot of times when you having problems in marriage, you look at the other person. And I was looking at her initially. But as you mature and you should mature, you don't think about what the other person should be doing. You're thinking about what I should be doing. So now what happens, this is how we got to that fruitful state. She's looking at herself and I'm looking at myself. Mm -hmm. And then I had those words that I mentioned in a procession. I had a word from God that the word is the answer. Well, it's the answer for us, too. Yeah. And I got a word that a good pastor is an example to the flock. Mm-hmm. I want to be an example. I don't want to just teach it. I want to I want to be able to say this is how we handle it. This is how we do. And see, I can say that now. Mm-hmm. I can say not, you know, the word said, no, I can say this is us. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't say that at first. I could I could teach it to other people, but I couldn't say this is us. Mm-hmm. It won't manifest, but I can say in this stage, this is us. This is our marriage. And then those, the word God gave me about she was a fruitful vine. Now from the word, I see how God sees her. Mm-hmm. Now I gotta change and see her the way God sees her. Mm-hmm. That she's a fruitful vine. She's a productive. That's what God was saying. She's a productive person. She's a productive partner. And so the word did that for us. And then, you know, there are a lot of Christian couples that are getting divorces too. And so they're in word ter- word teaching churches too. So it's not just the teaching of the word. That that's the beginning stage is to is to being taught the word on marriage, uh, but it's the doing, you know, and I kind of had felt like the lady with the issue of blood. I had been everywhere, done everything, and it's kind of like that should have been my first reaction. The only thing left was to trust God, mm-hmm. and so that's what, the, like you say, the word of God is the answer. That was the answer. And so I want to encourage couples, you know, you know what to do. But it's just doing it, you know. Um, you gotta, um, you gotta choose to walk in love, even though he may get on your last nerve, she may get on your last nerve. You're gonna have to, you know the word. You're just gonna have to do the word, mm-hmm. and you gotta do it at home. Yeah. And the easiest place to not do the word is, is at home. home. Because yeah. you you seeing that person all the time, that person, you sleeping with that person and you eating with that person. And the, the most challenging place to do the word is at home mm-hmm. because you see the person naked at home. And I'm not just talking physically. You see their weaknesses, you see their shortcomings, he sees me. People see the pulpit. Mm-hmm. He sees me. Yeah. Okay. And so it's easy to know what the word says. All you got to do is listen to a CD. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when you at home, yeah. that's the that's the most challenging place to do the word. But success comes from doing it at home. Yeah. yeah. So 
Pastor, I always, I joke with him all the time. I say, if you a bird, I'm a bird. And if you a prophet, I'm a prophet. So I'm (laughs) going to speak prophetically (laughs) right now. Pastor always say that when he preached, sometimes it's a right now word, but sometimes it can be for what's to come. Right. And so I think that sometimes you can hear these conversations and think like, oh, it's just a conversation. But I'm telling you, this is prophetic for some of you all marriages. So don't just hear this topic and or this discussion right now and think that it's not relevant for you. Go back to the early years and the growth years and mature years and re-listen to this podcast because I know that it's prophetic for some of you all couples. Did you all have any role models? Yeah, I think my first role model was my parents. Uh, not a perfect marriage, but it wasn't a bad marriage either. Uh, my parents had a had a, a pattern of longevity. You know, I saw some negative stuff growing up. You know, mm-hmm. uh, my mom and dad never fought. You know, some of my neighbors, they used to physically fight. I mean, <laughs> physically fight. They didn't do that. But they were a role model to me because I saw forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in their latter years of uh, marriage, they had a lot of things that they had to forgive each other for. And they and they my mom had a great love for my dad. And even though my dad was a quiet man, she departed first. Uh, after her departure, I saw that, wow, he really, really loved my mom. I had seen it, yeah. but that just kind of, you know, in depth showed me that he really. So that was a, a pattern of longevity. My dad was a, mine and my mom was a homemaker and how he took care of her and always provided for her. So they were great, great role models. But in ministry, uh, my role model was Dr. Price and Dr. Betty Price. Um, and so I could identify with Dr. Price, um, uh, saying in his struggle years, now we never had nobody repossess our mm-hmm. furniture or stuff like that. But the, when he would talk about that, that's what where we were. We were in financially struggling years, so I could identify. And then I looked at him where he was now and saw how God blessed him. And and Dr. Price's love and commitment for Dr. Betty and how he treasured her and honored her. And then his love for his children, you know, you could just really see that. And so Dr. Price and Dr. Betty was a Christian role model for me. My parents were... uh, uh, out of Christianity role model for me. And then when it came to being a stay-at-home mom, it was a lady named Diane Jamerson. She was the first black woman that I had seen that stayed at home, a professional woman mm-hmm. that stayed at home with her kids, put her career on the background mm-hmm. and raised her kids, did a lot. So she was a role fo- model for me as a stay-at-home mom. Dr. Price and Dr. Betty was in the church mm-hmm. and then my parents were our role models for us. You know, for for me, uh, I always talk about my father. My mother was my greatest fan. I mean, she thought I was the greatest thing since sliced bread. I mean, but my daddy was quiet, but he was strong. He was just a strong man. He cared about the family. I saw him. He brought that check to the house and mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And he worked real hard, didn't have a whole lot of money. And I thought my dad was the greatest person who ever lived. And I still think that he was the greatest mm-hmm. person that that I mean, my not my birth dad, but my dad that raised me. Mm-hmm. And so that was just so impactful for me. And Pete talked about the longevity of 
uh, her parents' marriage, I think that my parents being married 50 years too, I think it helped us to stay together because we we didn't have a, a, a point of reference of divorce. So it was kind of like, you know, I you see your parents and you know that it ain't, it ain't not perfect, but there was so much about him that I carried over into. It wasn't taught, it was caught. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't that. And then when it comes to uh, my yeah, sure. uh, relationship and ministry, Dr. Price, Dr. Fred Price, Frederick Casey Price, <laughs> and Dr. Betty, were the people that impacted my life as a a growing Christian. They, mm-hmm. you know, I had never, I had never connected family with ministry. I know that sounds strange. I, I. It may sound strange to people, but I had never saw the connection between my relationship with Pete and my family and the minister. I had never seen that before. And so for me, I'm doing my thing. Pete can do her thing. Mm -hmm. When I saw he's my father in the faith, when I started listening to him, and it wasn't just the teaching it was his examples. See, I would listen to his examples and what he was saying and how he respected her and how he talked about his kids. And he talked like, this is my family. Mm-hmm. And I had never connected family to ministry. And I saw it. I saw, okay, you know, if I'm going to be successful, I need to have a successful family. Yeah. Now, I knew from my dad about trying to be a good husband and all that, but I didn't I didn't know that my success was connected to but when I saw him and how he was relating to his wife and talked about her and talked about the family, then all of a sudden it, it motivated me. I got to have a good family life. I can't just preach cuz see I could preach all the sermons. Oh, I preached the sermons. I didn't change the subjects. I didn't change the titles. I didn't change the jokes. But when I looked at my life, I, my life wasn't consistent. Mm-hmm. And I learned that from them. Dr. Betty was just so, she's just so wonderful. She's just, when you talk to her, it's like talking to your mama. <laughs> if you talk to her the first time, like talking to her, she's the most sweetest woman on planet Earth. And so that made an impression on me from the angle of, I got to have a good marriage, mm-hmm. you know, and then I saw it. I saw that as we got better, the ministry got better. I didn't know that. I didn't have a clue. And that's why, you know, sometimes people can listen to us and they can say, well, I didn't have a good role model at home. Or I didn't have my daddy one at home. God will give you somebody. You know, Pete talked about the... uh, uh, Diane Jameson was a, a she, she she was a pastor, but then she talked about we talked that God gave us Dr. Bed and gave us Dr. Fred Price so that we could have somebody we can look up to. I didn't want Dr. Price's personality. I was listening to the principles, yeah. the, the what he was talking about, the <laughs> excellence, the integrity, the family, the marriage. That's what I wanted. I wanted that. I didn't want him. I didn't want his personality. 
I didn't want to be a clone of him, but I wanted what he was living by and I would listen to his examples. Yeah. And it was working for him. And it was working. And I wanted to say it's working for me. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to just say the Bible said this. I wanted to say this is working for me. Yeah. How do you all communicate now? Oh, I, I don't do that. Uh, seven days, seven days, 40 days, 40 nights. No, I don't do that anymore. We nip it in the bud. Uh, do he get on my nerves sometimes? Yes. 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 Do yes. I get on his nerves? Yes. Yes. Do he have quirks? Yes. yes. Do I have quirks? Yes. yes. And so when we have arguments now or disagreements, we, uh, we nip it in the bud. It's a one day. Uh, it ain't really a whole day. It ain't even a day. Yeah, we yeah. nip it. We we are matured now. We nip that in the bud. Uh, I'm better at confrontation. Um, we talk about our decisions, our goal setting. Mm -hmm. We talk about our finances. Mm -hmm. We talk about. Um, uh, we communicate more about the church. Mm -hmm. uh, I have an interest in the church. In the past, I didn't really have no interest in the church because <laughs> I felt like the church, you know, was taking them away. Yeah. Uh, and so we communicate. We communicate good. We talk all the time. Uh, so I think in communication, we, we're doing good. Well, you know, we talked all the time, even when we were having problems. Mm -hmm. And that's why I tell people, keep talking. Don't, they keep talking. Only time she didn't shut me down is when she got <laughs> mad at me. But you know what? You cannot grow in the word and keep doing the same thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. you can't. Now, people can do the same thing, yeah. and they can be married 50 years, but you can't grow in the if word. If you want different results, you're going to have to do something different yeah. from that, what you're doing right now. Right, because, see, my big thing, you can't not talk to me like that for yeah. seven days or more. You can't. And so, as she grew in the word, that stopped. Now, your problem with me was listening. Yeah. I think I'm better. Don't you yeah. think I'm better? You're a little better. I'm a little better. She said I'm a she said I'm a little better. Uh -huh. But I realized that it's not just listening to her mm -hmm. that's important, but it's listening about her. Mm -hmm. And I'll talk about that later. Okay. Cause see, if you if you listen about your spouse, it opens you up to how to pray about your spouse. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm listening to her, but I'm also listening about her. Mm -hmm. And I'm also listening to what she's not saying. Mm -hmm. I'm listening to what she's feeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a lot of times your spouse is telling you things yeah. through their feelings. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times we're not listening. Yeah. We just, we, we, we don't hear words but if you start listening to your spouse, mm -hmm. you are hear feelings. Mm -hmm. So as your relationship, you know, deepens in the mature years, how did y'all come into a, to a mutual respect to respect one another? Um, I, I had to see Mike not only as he is Mike, my, <laughs> he is my, but I had to come to a, re, a mutual respect. He my pastor too. Yeah. How uh, did you learn that? Do you remember, <laughs> oh, that's how good. did you learn that? Do you remember that discussion when you first started working at the church? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. We want to know. Share. Go ahead. I forgot the, the all the incidents, but I did something, and Michael said, "Pete, we at the church now. I'm your boss." <laughs> And I was like, oh, for real? He set, <laughs> he set me in my place. 
so, yeah, he don't play that when it comes to work. You have to separate the vibe between the home and the church. <laughs> so I had to, I, a mutual respect of him as my pastor. I had to respect him as a, as the man of the house. Mm-hmm. I didn't really respect him in them early days, the man of the house, because he wasn't acting like the man. <laughs> he was acting a little crazy doing all that stuff, throwing the glasses and the owls and the all that. So I had to respect him as the man of the house and that he had the best, our best interest at heart. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I thought that in the early days he had our best interest. So how did you grow to respect him into in, the mature years? He began to hit it, girl. He hit it. Okay. He said, thus says the Lord, and it manifested. You know, it's a, it's a trusting. Okay. If he say it, you know, uh, he said economic upheaval. I thought, well, where this going? <laughs> <laughs> but then it was economic upheaval, and I think we living in it right now. God gave him words that he would share with me, and I'd be like, Really? Then you'll see it manifest, yeah. you know. Um, I've seen him tell me some stuff about different people. Uh, not that they told him anything. He just, um, in a dream or something, saw it. And then I could see it later come manifestation. So mm-hmm. I began to trust him as a pastor. I began to trust him, uh, mutual respect as a man. Mutual respect that he is not a handyman. Mm-hmm. I can't make him a handyman. Mm-hmm. I can't compare him to nobody else. Well, baby, he got the money to hide the hand of man. That's all I care. He got the money to hide the hand of man. And so, uh, you know, I had to have mutual respect for them. And then another part of mutual respect uh, as a mom and a dad, mutual respect for our kids, you know. Mm-hmm. Y'all aren't kids, y'all are young adults. But you can't, you can't treat uh, Mikey, a grown man with wife and children, uh, you can, he's he's not Mikey no more. He's yeah. Michael K. And we can't you tell know? him what to do. We can't him. tell him what to do in his. And so I don't dip in the marriage. I, he he left and cleft, honey. He left. <laughs> and, <laughs> Mikey left and the cleft. He left and the cleft. <laughs> and so uh, I don't dip in Mikey's marriage. And then when it comes to you, you know, uh, not trying to dip into your. Uh, I, I'll give you wisdom, but I try not to dip into, you know, your 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 business and stuff. Yeah. I give advice. Mm-hmm. And then if you don't take the advice, that's, you know, I don't get upset about it or nothing like that. Just move on. So I had a mutual respect for him as a realizing that he's my pastor yeah. and realizing that he's the man of the house. I don't really think I thought that. You know, what's funny about uh, (laughs) recognizing that I'm the pastor, um, uh, Pete has started working at the church and she said something. And I said, Pete, we're not at home. (laughs) I said, at home, we we talk this out and we mutual. I said, babe, you working at the church? I'm the pastor. You got final authority. I I said, this is me. (laughs) I said, you can't do this down here. But but I think also she began to respect me, and she mentioned as her pastor. Mm -hmm. And it's hard. It it can be challenging for a pastor's wife, you know, to uh, somebody that you see all the time. And I use that word naked in terms of you seeing their humanity, mm-hmm. you know, but at the same time, I'm going to respect you 
as my pastor, even though I see your humanity. But on my side, I had to begin to respect who God created her to be and not what I wanted her to be. I had to start respecting her opinion because she said she didn't respect me. I didn't respect her opinion because I didn't think she godly. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think she was spiritual. No, so, you didn't. You know, I thought she was a heathen. I thought she was a heathen. So I can respect her opinion. Yeah. So as I began to mature, I, I, I realized you better listen to her. <laughs> Nobody on the planet is going to care about me more than her. Yeah. Nobody on the planet has gone through more mm-hmm. with me than her. Adam been through it. And she been through it. <laughs> so her opinion, she's got my back. Mm-hmm. She wants what's best for me. Uh, she going to see things different and learning to respect the uh, the. Thing, I take up for you. Take up for me. Mm-hmm. She gonna take up for me. Oh, she may yeah. get on me, but you ain't gonna, she ain't gonna let you get on me. Wow. And then understanding this girl, as I grew, I realized this girl left Kentucky, didn't know anybody down here mm-hmm. in Birmingham. Yeah. And she's with me through all this junk and through my lack days, my ignorant days. And then you just start, you just respect her. Mm-hmm. I respect the gift on her. When she teach uh, leadership classes, man, that girl's good. Yeah. And I, I appreciate what she brings to the table. And I see myself now as being successful, not just because of me. Mm-hmm. I see myself That's being good. successful because of her. That's good. So let me get in y'all business a little bit. What's your, what's your love look like now? Well, this is all I'm gonna say. <laughs> well, I got I got a lot to say about this girl. You go go and say what you. The Bible says that your latter days <laughs> are be better than your former days, oh. and I'm gonna leave that right there. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I want to say this: uh, as you get as you mature in age, mm-hmm. you know, um, sometimes you may need to go to the doctor and see because sometimes. Um, it may be that she may not. What are you talking about? Six. Oh. <laughs> she don't want to say that. She don't want to say that word. She don't want to say that word. She don't want to say that <laughs> yeah. Maybe you need to go to the doctor. She's too holding she hold right now. She's shy. That's the shyness coming out of her now. <laughs> you might need to go to, as a female, you may need to go to the doctor as you get older. And the reason I say it may be that she don't it's not that she may not want you anymore. It may be hormonal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I found that out. Hormone, or thyroids. Or thyroids. Yeah. Because uh, I got thyroid issues and hormonal issues. And so you go to the doctor and... And the man know, may need a little help too. Well, I ain't finished with that yet. <laughs> you may go to the doctor and they may be able to regulate your hormones and you may find out that your hormones will help you get your groove back. Mm-hmm. If you ever had a groove. Maybe you never had mm-hmm. no groove. But it'll help you get your groove back. And also, as for the male too, mm-hmm. you know, as you get older, things change. He may have to get that little blue pill. Get a little pill, a little help. A little help. And so, uh, yeah, you got to do what you do. And so you make those adjustments. Um, you know, as you get older, you're not 19 and 20 and 22. So you may have to make some adjustments. So, uh, get physicals. Um, as far as the love, I think 
me and Micah, we always have spent a lot of time together, but we even spend more time together uh, before pandemic going on cruises mm-hmm. and stuff. We like to travel, see the world. Uh, and even in the pandemic, you know, a, a lot of people are saying, yeah, this pandemic, then you know what's in your marriage. Um, and I think oh, during the pandemic, we've grown even closer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the pandemic, he getting on my nerves. I love to be with him. Mm-hmm. And I would say, you love right. to be with me. We love, we just have fun. We dance, we play games together, cards, whatever, whatever. So I, I think at the beginning of the marriage, is you not getting that. At the beginning of marriage, you got you may have that little warm fuzzy feeling. I think as you get older, love is different. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a respect. I don't get that butterfly feeling, but I I love, I respect them, I wanna be with them, I enjoy company with him, he makes me laugh. We enjoy we enjoy time with each other. Mm-hmm. So that's all I got to say. What's your love look like? Huh? Well, you know, I wanted to talk about this area, so I wrote my notes down. Okay. Okay. What you got in your notes? Uh, I, I list several areas. Number one, love to me now is getting beyond the myth. Mm-hmm. Two things. Pete mentioned one of them. It's getting beyond the myth of the right person. Mm-hmm. A lot of people got, if I can find the right person, mm-hmm. then it's going to be great. Yeah. Okay. And so early in my marriage, I'm figuring, is he the right person? Mm-hmm. Maybe I didn't get the right person because that's a myth. If I get the right person, it's just going to be fabulous. Right. But God can bring a person to you and you have a terrible marriage because it's what you do in the marriage. It's not just having the right person. She mentioned about the feelings. Uh, love is getting beyond that. It's deeper. Mm-hmm. It, you know, when you're dating as a single, you have that, I want to see that person. And we're going to get together. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do that. And then when you get married, we first get married, you know, you can have all the sex you want. And, you know, and you just all, you got those emotions. But as you mature... It gets deeper. It gets deeper from the angle of commitment. It gets deeper from the angle of, I can honestly say before God and before, I enjoy being with Pete. I enjoy her. I like being with her. Pete is so funny at home. Mm-hmm. Is she funny at home? <laughs> Pete is funny. She's always you funny too. She's but she's always <laughs> she's always singing or dancing. A uh, 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 movie can go off and they start playing that music. She get up and start dancing. I love being with Pete. Mm-hmm. And to me, love is not just that. For the feeling is that deep commitment. You want to be with the person. You enjoy being with the person. So getting beyond the man, getting beyond judgment. Because mm-hmm. most of my early life, I had this judgment about her. And, and a lot of times Christians don't realize that they judge the spouse mm-hmm. based on what they consider to be spiritual. Okay, mm-hmm. this is what spirituality is. And if you don't want to do this, uh, you don't want to pray with me at this time, and you don't want to pray an hour, and you don't want to watch this television show, mm-hmm. we don't pray together like that. She got her prayer time. She got her quiet time. Yeah. We pray when we got issues and things we want to believe for oh, and yeah. stuff like that. But for the most part, she did 
do her thing. I don't try to control her spiritual life. I don't judge her because she got to fit my spirituality. So love is getting beyond that. It's getting beyond the selfishness. It is, it is, it's first thinking, what do I prefer what I like doing? Now, once you think about, okay, what I prefer, what I like doing, now push that off the table. Mm -hmm. What does the other one like? What does P prefer and what does she like doing? And start doing some things that you don't like to do, like going to the mall. I start going to the mall. Like watching football. Yeah, like watching <laughs> football. Or, or and then go to, P love Jason Daly. I used to think, God, oh, I hope she don't say, I used to be saying, I hope she don't say Jason Daly. <laughs> Where you want to go to lunch? She like, Jason Daly. I said, I was thinking, I hope she don't say Jason Daly. You know? <laughs> You know, but think about it. I started going to the mall, didn't care for it, love going to the mall now. Mm-hmm. I started going to Jason Daly. Jack, oh, she wanted to go to Jason Daly. She said, where you want to go? I said, Jason Daly. <laughs> I didn't want to go to Jason And now I like Jason Daly. Yeah. So getting beyond the selfishness, mm-hmm. if you got to do everything you want and your spouse got to do everything you like, mm-hmm. you're going to be miserable. And then I got sex. I want to talk about sex. <laughs> No, no. I think I think sex, and I said this for you, is better for us mm-hmm. than it was in our early years. Oh, okay. Twenty and thirty. Well, I met when all we, this going and on. We, uh, well, we, <laughs> hey, hey, we find the way, baby. You ain't at the house all the time. You ain't at the house all the time. We find the way. It's better, oh. but I think it's better because number one, we start scheduling it. You know, because you can get busy and just forget about sex. And then secondly, caring about the other person getting some out of it. Mm -hmm. You should want the person to get some out of the sex, not just have it. And then finally, prayer. Yeah. When I talk about listening, not just to my wife, but listening at her, her feelings. I pray about Pete. Mm -hmm. I pray there are five areas, spirit mental, emotional, physical, social, financial, and I pray for her in all those areas because I know her. Mm-hmm. I know what she basically need in those areas. Yeah. I know what she's doing in those areas. Mm-hmm. So when I pray for her, I'm going to cover these mm-hmm. five areas, her spiritual life, her mental, physical, social, financial. I'm going to pray for her. And it's something about praying for your mate. It connects you to that person. That's good. So we don't have enough time to go over the questions. I see that um, a few people have sent in some questions. You can still send those in. We will answer those. We can answer a few of them right now. We got, we got, we got, we can go. We can go five minutes. Go go 10 minutes. Let's go 10 minutes. Uh, Let's talk about. uh, Oh, number one. uh, So pastor. Is that that considered now? Let's do number three. How often do you set aside time each month to discuss finances and business strategies? We don't set aside time each month. Yeah. Like we, we have we have some goals that we uh, had for 2021. One, we have already accomplished uh, in the first quarter of the year. We have uh, about two or three more business things that we want to do around the house. Um, and we haven't really 
We yeah. don't have a monthly business meeting no. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But we do have, at the beginning of the year, we decide what, what we're we, going to do for the year. What we're going to do for the what year. What we're going to accomplish in the house or maybe a trip Vacation or and all that. For the year. Mm-hmm. But we don't have monthly meetings. Meetings like that. Okay. Uh-huh. Let's go to the second one. As a protector for wife and children, to what degree should a man take? Should husband not only own a firearm, but also train family members on how to use one properly as well? I, 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 I have a firearm. I do. You come up on there, I'm ready for you. So uh, I have a firearm. Uh, I, I got a firearm after Anaya Blanchard mm-hmm. uh, incident. I got a firearm. We live out in the country with snakes and Seen a couple of them last year, big ones too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if I ever saw a snake, I was thinking Pastor Mike would get a hole and hole a snake. But we saw one last year. He was too big to use a hole. It scared him yeah, too. So we needed a we needed a firearm. So after that incident with that young lady, I got a firearm, and I had a sheriff to show me how to load it and how to shoot it. Pray I never have to use it. But if you come up on me, uh, I shoot you, and then I pray for you. I I didn't, you know, in military school, you have to learn how to shoot a firearm and stuff like that. But I didn't really have a firearm to recently. You got a rifle? Uh, a friend of mine gave me a shotgun, so I got a shotgun. Mm-hmm. And uh, You getting ready to get a pistol. And I got my fire license. Got our license. license. But you know, mm-hmm. we claim it Psalms 91. Yeah, right. But yeah. I do think that's a good thing. I think mm-hmm. that a husband should be concerned about the protection of the family. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. Um, you want to do one more or you want to do last two? Go all do all. Okay, so can you elaborate from both of your experiences on the effect of knowing God's purpose and how it affects us in our current or future relationships, whether it be married or single, or should it be individual determined first? Individually determined first. I think that purpose is so important that you should be trying to discover what that is before you get married. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a part of our challenge. I didn't fully know what mine was. And then we got married. And then we j- so I think if you're single, purpose should be something you should be praying about uh, even before you get married. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's something you should discuss with your fiance before you get married, right. not just going to get married. And oh, by the way, this is my purpose now. Right. It's something that you, that's why premarital counseling is so important. Mm-hmm. Uh, and premarital counseling don't mean that you won't never have issues, uh, but it's you getting that up of work. You already know that my purpose for teaching purposes is ministry. Mm-hmm. So you're not going into a, you're going to be a minister now? Oh my God. No, you already know that ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So when you were married though, because you didn't know, well, you didn't know his purpose. You knew he was going to be a preacher. You just didn't know too. To what extent it was gonna yeah, be? Yeah, I didn't know he was gonna be no. <laughs> yeah, I had accepted my call. Yeah, but it, being a pastor and all that, mm-hmm. she didn't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the areas that I would tell single people uh, to pray about and discover 
sum of what because purpose evolves. You don't know the full it, but you need to have some concept of it. And then sometimes if you're married and you're discovering your purpose, and let's say there's a conflict or out, you're out of alignment and you're married now, now you got to pray and ask God to help you to work through that. And he'll help you to work through that situation. Last question, um, Pastor Mighty, when do you know that you're healthy enough to receive your spouse? It depends on what receive means. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you mean before marriage, then, or even in marriage, you'll know if you've done any work on yourself. Mm-hmm. It's not becoming perfect, because mm-hmm. nobody's perfect. But you need to do some self-work, uh, mm-hmm. self-evaluation work, some development work. Mm-hmm. And you will know if you've done some work. And then you will know if the person hadn't done any work because they're going to be talking out of their emotions and out of their insecurities and out of their feelings. Mm-hmm. And so the only reason we got to the point we are now is we did some work yeah. on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, separately. So any last advice you would give to couples who are in their mature years? Um, Not just, I would like to give advice to any couple. If it ain't working, Mm -hmm. uh, if it don't seem like it's not working, you, what you're doing now is not working, then you're going to have to change. Mm -hmm. It's going to have to be some communication with your spouse. Mm -hmm. And then it's sadly, in some instances, you may see that you, Um, may need to separate, and then in some instances you may seem that you need to divorce. Um, I I know that there are uh, situations of abuse and and stuff like that, you know, infidelity, Uh, but if that's that's not in the picture, if it's not working, like the the men say, why are you going to sit there till you die? You're going to have to make some changes. You're going to have to make communication changes. You're going to have to make in some of the word changes. You're going to don't look at the other person. Look at you. What changes am I going to have to make? Um, and unfortunately, there are a lot of Christian couples that are getting divorced. Some of it's selfishness. There are all kind of reasons. But if it's not working, make the adjustments. Start doing the word. Start. Sometimes I I have to do the word on Pastor Mike. It just he, I just be praying. I don't be wanting to do it, but I have to do it. And so you know, if it's not working. Why, why are you sitting there till you're dying? Get up and make some changes. And don't worry about what he is not doing or she is not doing. You start to make the effort mm-hmm. because there is no perfect marriage. Even now we have challenges, but mm-hmm. we're more mature on how we deal with it. So uh, my advice was if you're not happy, if it ain't working, then you're going to have to make some changes. What those changes are, I don't know. Uh, you need to maybe talk it over with your spouse. Uh, maybe go get counseling. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can come to the church and get counseling, or there are places you can pay to get counseling if you don't want nobody to know your business. They even have online counseling things. So mm-hmm. uh, get some help if you want it to last. Don't just sit there till you die. I would say a couple of things to a couple's. Um, number one, I want to reiterate what Pete said, understanding that marriage is about adjustments. Mm -hmm. Like we in March Madness and and coaches, 
they'll do something one half and then they make your adjustment for the second half. That's the way marriage is. It's about adjustments. Mm-hmm. It's making adjustments, personal adjustments, couple adjustments. It's all about adjusting. You can't be rigid. If you rigid, set in your ways and stubborn, you're going to have a difficult marriage. It's about adjusting you and adjusting what you do and adjusting, stop doing some things. It's all about adjustments. And then third, secondly, I would say, don't take the marriage for granted. Even if you've been married for 40 years, don't take it for granted. Invest time, money, energy, time, money, energy. You cannot have a successful marriage if you ain't investing anything. You can't put it on autopilot. So don't take the marriage for granted. And Christians do that because they don't think, well, you, you're not going to do anything. You're in the work. No, don't take the marriage for granted. Keep investing in the marriage, not in, in yourself, just yourself. Invest in that person, and I think it'll be strong. And even in your mature years, you can still have a great marriage. You, you Like you say, on autopilot, some people just going through and the motion. Great, and a great sex life. Uh-huh. <laughs> some people just going through the motion. But me and Pastor Mike, we're living our best days. It's our best days. Uh-huh. But it's, it's, I would say the number one reason is the Word of God role models and doing what we've been taught. That's good. That's good. So we uh we hit all four phases. We thank you all for uh tuning in with us. Next week we're going to answer the questions that you all send in. So if you want to think about certain questions that you may have, if it comes up during the week, you can always send those in um as well. And um next week we'll just be answering all of your questions again. Share this, invite somebody out, and we thank you guys so much for tuning in with us. <laughs>